Type 6, the loyalist, the committed, social-oriented type. I'm the oldest of three girls. For as long as I can remember, I've always been a rule follower, always played it on the safe side, not wanting to step outside of my comfort or even ruffle anyone's feathers. Polite, kind, safe, and trustworthy Erica. It's that sweet spot in my life, the area I feel like I'm the most untouchable when it comes to fear because it's so controlled and I always know the outcome. I grew up in a culturally vibrant home. My mother is Lebanese and my father is Mexican, two cultures that are deeply rooted in tradition, commitment to family, hard work, and responsibility. As much as I've shied away from those labels, I can't help but see how much they've really woven into the DNA and fabric of who I am today. I remember first reading the summary of the six. Ugh, I thought, there's no way this is me. Wait, ugh, this kind of sounds like me. I don't want to be a six. Why am I a six? Wait, I thought it was a three. I want to be a free spirit like my husband. Why can't I just be that free spirited hippie like him? Well, surprise, surprise, I'm not. In my world, everything is safe, secure, and has its place. In learning more about my personality type, I've learned to embrace the light, trustworthy, committed, and dark, evasive, skeptical parts of myself. They all belong in the person that I am. More than anything else, in exploring my personality type, it's been more of an invitation to accept myself and who I am instead of running away from it. Sixes are reliable, hardworking, responsible, and trustworthy. Excellent troubleshooters, they foresee problems and foster cooperation, but can also become defensive, evasive, and anxious, running on stress while complaining about it. At their best, sixes are internally stable and self-reliant, courageously championing themselves and others. Sixes make their internal stability dependent on the stability of their external environment. I love my life, I really do, especially when there are structured rhythms and practices within it. I think that's why I look forward to Saturdays so much. Saturdays usually look like slow mornings consisting of coffee with my husband and snuggles from our beloved dog Corduroy. We usually head up to the mountains for some fresh air and a hike, then finish up the day downtown exploring a new store or finding inspiration at our favorite bookstore in Little Tokyo. All is well in my world, and the stability in my environment welcomes happiness into my soul. I wish I could say that that case is the same when I was in between jobs. I didn't realize how much I cared about security until I didn't have something to wake up to and get ready for. Not to mention the unknown of where my next paycheck would be coming from. My external environment had changed, leaving my internal environment in a type of inner chaos. I quickly learned that I need security and predictability in my life to help me feel safe and responsible. When that gets taken away, I picture this boat that's sailing out in the middle of nowhere with no direction to go. That's why I've incorporated daily agendas on those days that are less predictable. A daily agenda helps me feel safe, like I'm on track to do something, and I still feel structured in a way. Sixes can be the most confusing of all Enneagram types to understand, as their inner guidance can fluctuate from looking like staunch, almost rebellious independence, to complete reliance on loved ones, on authority figures, or a structured organization like the church or military. 
Famous sixes include Tom Hanks, Malcolm X, Julia Roberts, Johnny Carson, Marilyn Monroe, Richard Nixon, and Princess Diana. The core desire of sixes are to find strength and support. Our biggest fear? Having no support and guidance of being able to survive on our own. Relating to others, especially people in Los Angeles, has been so tough for me. Being that I'm a six, I long for deep, loyal, ride-or-die type friendships. Sadly, it's the area in my life where I'm the most skeptical, and I have a way of testing people. Since I make friends slowly, I tend to observe the relationship over time to see if they really are trustworthy of my loyalty and reciprocate the friendship. I'm super suspicious, which is really sad to say and to admit, but I test the friendships I have by asking myself, just how much are they into me? Do they really like me? Do they want my friendship? Am I worth being their friend? So I compare it to the amount of effort they put into reaching out or the amount of times they cancel plans. I hold relationships with such high esteem that I build walls up at the same time to protect myself from hurt and abandonment. But once those walls come down, loyalty becomes unquestionable and I'll stand by that person no matter what. Commitment to a good person goes far in helping sixes be good to themselves. I once heard someone say that you need to find someone that helps keep your dreams and soul alive. That someone is my sweet husband. I like to think of him like the gardener of my soul. He's super patient and willing to stick around until the weeds of my heart get picked out and the flowers start to blossom again. I tend to run away from the free, creative spirit that I am, and my husband gently reminds me of the healthier, more authentic version of myself. He helped create a safe space in our marriage that allowed me to kind of unravel and trust him, which only led to more loyalty and commitment to him. This unwavering commitment and trust gives him the permission to speak into my life and challenge me to be the best version of myself. Aside from God, his voice is the loudest in my life. When I was a teenager, I was in a very long and committed relationship. It actually lasted six years. Over those six years, I never really got to know myself because I was so wrapped up in that relationship. I wasn't able to make decisions for myself and was super dependent on my relationship and my partner for all the answers, which really inhibited my growth. I knew myself in the context of that relationship, but I didn't really know myself outside of that relationship. So you can imagine the type of world I lived in when we broke up. Because I didn't know or trust myself with my decisions, I would look to everyone else for guidance. I remember when I was about to take this job, but I wasn't sure about it. I literally called four different friends asking them if they thought it was a good fit. I listened intently to their every word and those words acted as a compass in my decision. Decision-making had always brought on this level of anxiety for me because I had this huge fear of making the wrong choice and the weight of that decision being solely on me. I would invite others into helping make decisions because at least the pressure was taken off of me. 
And if I made the wrong choice, I would feel blameless and not take ownership over it because I had enlisted my army of guidance counselors that in my mind were to blame for the wrong choice. Through many years of self-reflection and growth, I'm happy to say I'm a recovered guidance seeker. Making decisions doesn't scare me as much, and my need to check in with everyone in the world has subsided to God, myself, and my husband. I've learned to let myself off the hook if I make the wrong decision, because guess what? I'm not perfect, and it's those wrong decisions that lead to more growth, and hey, I'm all for that. Childhood, lost messages, you are safe. The move towards independence was not met with freedom, safety, and grace. I've always been attached to my parents. Since I'm the oldest and I had both my parents to myself for two years before my little sis came, I got super attached. In fact, I was that kid when their parents dropped them off at school that was crying and not wanting to let go of her mom because I had such a big fear of being left alone. I even remember having our home phone number memorized just in case they needed to pick me up because I didn't want them to forget me. I even have this memory of being in my mom's room and laying with her and telling her that I never wanted to grow up or I never wanted to leave my side, which is really interesting because I actually left my family and moved from Texas to California, which is one of the hardest decisions I ever made. It's so interesting to think about the role that structure has had in my life, the way I crave it, but at the same time, the way it was absent from my childhood. My dad was the super emotional, playful type in the family, and my mom was the more responsible and stoic type. They divorced when I was 14, so most of my young adulthood was spent in a home with a single mom. I remember those early teen years. My mom wasn't really around as much because she was busy working to support our family, which I really, really admire. My dad was there as much as he could, but he lived in a different city. When I think back to those years, I remember being alone a lot. Kind of did what I wanted. Didn't have a ton of adult supervision because of our circumstances. And kind of made my own decisions. I kind of think I raised myself. Thinking back, it makes sense to me why I was in a committed relationship so long as a teenager. I craved security and predictability that I didn't get much at home. Unconsciously, sixes are looking for people or structures that will help them be more independent. Wings. Six with a five wing, the defender. Technical minds with a tendency towards practical problem solving. More independent and aggressive towards any perceived threats to their security. They see themselves as anti-authoritarian, yet ironically lean towards joining authoritarian environments, organizations, and beliefs. Six with a seven wing, aka the buddy. Less serious than the other subtype, they enjoy kidding around, self-deprecating as they turn their fears into comedic fuel, eager to be liked, more likely to turn towards entertainment as a diversion, Anxiety about personal failings can lead to depression. Variants, 
self-preservation. My variant is the self-preservation type. So my home is extremely sacred to me and it's really tied into my state of well-being. Everything from the light that comes in to the quietness of my neighborhood helps maintain my stress level to a minimum. It's my refuge when I'm feeling out of alignment and in need of some rest. If something comes in and disrupts the peace of my house, it really throws me off. I've really seen this come out when traveling, and the place where I'm staying doesn't feel safe or comfortable to me. It's really hard for me to find peace in those places, and I end up complaining a lot to others, which easily can look like ungratefulness. My home and maintaining my home are things I find security in, even if that means me staying at a job that provides for me to keep my house or pay my rent on time, but leaves me feeling miserable and exhausted. I'll honestly do whatever it takes to keep that comfort and security, even if it affects my physical health. Social variant. Disarm their friends with warmth and humor can sometimes resemble ones in their adherence to protocol and rules. Look for places of like-minded peers for sense of safety. Can be dependent on groupthink and thus fall into unfulfilling careers because they crave group consensus. They can be very hard workers, prone to burnt out after chasing group approval. In the unhealthiest range, they can fall into the cultic behaviors or organizations, aka tribalism. Sexual variant. Desire physical strength and power, such as displays of toughness. They can resemble fours in the way they use superficial charm to attract others, can be gym rats and want to attract a powerful mate. They're more openly defiant of authority and can have explosive emotional reactions. It can be more of the counterphobic six, taking things personal, both love and negative emotions. Disintegration. Under serious stress, sixes exhibit the characteristics of average to unhealthy threes. They become plagued with self-doubt, social insecurity, and lack of confidence. They can begin overcommitting themselves to projects in order to feel responsible and ease anxiety. They can be perceived as fake, as their charm is more of a ploy to be accepted than to love the ones with whom they're interacting. Integration. When sixes become less anxious and more self-accepting, they become like healthy nines in the way that they are more emotionally open, receptive, and sympathetic towards people. This allows them to genuinely connect with people and feel open-handed with their relationships rather than worried or possessive. The sixes wake up call, becoming dependent on something outside the self for guidance. Red flags, that their own actions have harmed their security. Practices that help development. Consider how much time you spend anticipating future problems and notice how many of those problems actually come true. Learn how to embrace trials rather than avoiding them entirely. Try stopping and relaxing for a bit when you achieve your goals and objectives rather than moving on to the next thing giving you anxiety. It takes a negative thought just one second to stick in your mind, while it takes 15 seconds for a positive experience, memory, or thought to stick. 
So try and join beautiful things like success for 15 seconds before moving on. Cultivating a quiet time for yourself is vital. Learn to quiet your mind by sitting still physically and embracing that life goes on no matter how much time and energy we spend trying to avoid it. Trust your instincts and try not to rely on others to provide you with security or answers you're looking for. Dare to follow your heart. Seek out diversity and variety. From new foods and new cities, give it a try and don't worry about the worst that could happen. Take ownership in your decisions. Believe that your growth and happiness is worth the trouble of taking time. The Emergence of Essence Sixes are defined by a tremendous amount of endurance and strength. They can persist through even some of the toughest, darkest situations and come out on the other side only better for it. They bring balance to communities and relationships through dependability and integrity. They work towards noble causes without needing any of the spotlight and make it possible for those in the spotlight to remain checked and balanced. There's a 10 year age difference between my younger sister and I. I like to think of her as the more spunky, wild and free sister in the family. And I love her so dearly for that. When she was in high school, there was a moment where she shared that she wasn't so sure about God and was really struggling with her faith and believing. I honestly remember feeling the same way about God when I was her age, and I just wanted so desperately for someone to talk to, but not really having anyone my age that I could process this stuff with. I wanted my sister's story to, to be different from mine. She didn't know this at the time, but after she shared with me her struggles, I actually became a youth leader at our church to figure out how to relate to her more and also with the hope of having her come to youth group with me one day. Fast forward to a year full of teen angst and many late nights of me feeling like I was super equipped for this ministry. The silver lining? My sister's showing up finally and accepting the invitation to come to youth group. And even better, she got baptized and I got to witness it. I'll be honest, there were some times that year that I wasn't sure that she would ever come with me to church, but I endured and I persisted because I wanted a better life for her. I wanted her to avoid all of the pain and all of the struggle that I had suffered those years. Invitation to Abundance To have faith in yourself and trust in the goodness of life. Remember that it is your true nature to be courageous and capable of dealing with life under all conditions. Mantra. The world is safe and I can make it so. The world is safe and I can make it so.